ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Nobody Likes This But You, a podcast where two guys offer their unsolicited and unqualified take on the things in life that nobody likes but you. USA! USA! I am Peter Cartier, and with me, as, as always, is Scott Clark. That's hey, Clark everybody. With an e. Yeah, that's Clark. Right. It's silent. Yeah. I did have a middle school principal uh, that called me Clarky, and he the, was great. I really liked him, but I hated that. Yeah. The E is the only thing silent about you. <laughs> I'm, I'm very I'm loud. Watching, we need to work on getting a drummer that just stands off to the side. A little rim shot, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to take the time to put that in. I did take the time to uh, to uh, bleep out Jeremy. Yeah, that was great. And uh, it makes me want to curse more just to make you have to... I'm thinking about occasionally just bleeping out some of your words so it yeah. sounds like you're cursing. I have always enjoyed that. Your mom will be like, I read you The Hobbit yeah. and you need to stop cursing. It's it's the perfect storm. Um, well, we have another bit of nostalgia, believe it or not, to discuss what? today. We, we should have just renamed this podcast. Remember when? Remember. Uh, you, guys rem- you guys remember when we were kids? You, you, me- you remember that? Uh, so, Scott had a great idea to discuss... For once. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Saturday morning TV as a child. 90s cartoons, if you will, for, for the people who aren't sure of Scott and my age. But uh, we grew up watching cartoons. Yeah, the genesis of this uh, topic today uh, came to me as I was laying in bed this morning as my children were screaming, mm. and they woke me up. I couldn't get back to sleep. Perfect. And I just I was laying there thinking... Why in the are there no longer Saturday morning cartoons? So I legitimately I looked it up on my phone on Wikipedia and there are a lot of crazy reasons why there are no longer Saturday morning cartoons. Um and here's the question, do we want to get into that first do we want to do the educational thing, which is ironic because that's part of the reason why. I would say what if we tease the heck out of these people? And told them they've got to stick around for 15 to 20 minutes before they get to hear that. We are shooting for a shorter episode here, so you guys can you guys can uh, hang on the line. Uh, quarantine, ironically, attention spans are down. Um, so yes, if you guys hang on the line, I will I will tell you why there are no longer uh, Saturday morning cartoons as a as a block of programming. So in the perfect the perfect mornings that uh, our parents got to experience. Is long before they even woke up. If you, if your house was anything like mine, Scott, we would already be. And I can remember specifically. Pretty sure mine was better. Yeah, six thirty a.m. Yep. I want to say it was Captain Planet. Yep. Over here, and so he's uh, a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero. He's a powers magnified. fighting. Uh, yeah, it sucks. That to poor be. kid. Sucks. Well, yeah. There's a, a few of them. It's like yeah. water. Okay. That kid, the redhead, fire! I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah that's yeah. He that's paid somebody kid. off. <laughs> yeah, so Captain Planet like started what would just become a a slew of uh, like cartoons. like straight four or five hours worth of yeah. cartoons. I you know, and and if your house was anything like my house, you get up, you break open the toaster strudels, nice. You pop those in. You you spend the extra time to make them look like the commercial. You yeah. know. And then you plop down in front of the TV for like four hours. Gosh, it was amazing. We weren't allowed to use heavy machinery at our house, but and whatever the generic brand, of <laughs> great was, value was, toaster. That's what we would have had. 
but uh, but yeah, I don't even know if I fed myself. I always think of, uh, gosh, what was it, Calvin and Hobbes? Like all the comics where he's watching like programming. Yeah, and it's yeah. Just like you know the way Bill Watterson would draw it, and it's like exploding out of the TV. So good. And he was eating, and I had to look Fro- it up. Chocolate frosted sugar bombs. Nailed Didn't it. have to. Look Didn't that have up. to look it up. Well done. So I, I've got kids. I busted. I busted up my anthology of Calvin and Hobbes just uh, with the kids. Nice. And man, it's my boys have, love it. Do you have the individual books, or did you like post? I did when I was a kid, okay. but I only I have the, I have an anthology set now, like where it's just one book oh, all sure. together. I've seen it. Yeah, they go on Amazon nowadays for like seventy bucks. Yeah. for the whole kit and caboodle. But yeah, I've still got the still got the OGs in terrible condition because yep. I pawed I, through them so much. But that one, that one especially, I remember like my my mom and my dad would like look at it and be like, "Why do you like this?" And I'm yeah. like, "What? Yeah. Are you it's kidding me?" Perfect. You know. See how seamlessly we can transition into '90s cartoons when we're or comics when we're supposed to talk about cartoons. <laughs> that is my bad. <laughs> so, shuffling back, like, what yes. are some of those shows that were can't miss for you? So when I was when I was uh, younger, is Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh my gosh, Tiny yeah. Toon Adventures was amazing. Yeah, it's uh, top five. For getting sure. getting uh, and just the number of characters that came out of Tiny yeah. because it because it was like a segment show, right? Yeah, Where you have all was, these different little okay, vignettes. I love you, bye-bye. Oh, no, that, that was a different one. Sorry, was, that was myself. That was my favorite one. Animaniacs? Yes. Yes. Animaniacs, very similar. Yeah. There's, there's some, there's some yeah. uh, huge overlap between Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs. Animaniacs was incredible. Um, that was another one, too, where it's funny if you go back as an adult and watch, especially Animaniacs and then a couple other ones. Yeah. It, it was a show made for kids, but also, like, yeah, all, if, you're a, if you're an adult, like, it's hilarious. It's all pop culture references, uh-huh. film, everything. Yeah, I was barely hanging with it as a kid, but I yep. knew... I knew there was something smarter there. Um, loved that. And you, you kind of talked about it. That they had the multiple characters that could go in different directions, so yep. the writers were able to. And these were like premium writers working on this stuff. And they uh, they were able to just pull from different characters. Pinky in the Brain. The, brain. the uh, Pigeons, which yeah. I never liked the Pigeon yeah. segments. Because I was like, I'm not from New York. I don't care about Pigeons. Yeah, I haven't, I'm not allowed to watch Mafia movies yet, I know. so I don't get any of the references. <laughs> Um, no, I get that. But it, even, it was, even today, uh, like there was, um, like, uh, some of the songs from the Animaniacs keep getting brought up. Like it, it, even in quarantine, like the, the state song or whatever, some people are doing stuff with that. And uh, then the that. countries of the world. Yeah. There's been some funny memes that people have done with those. Um, but yeah, Animaniacs, uh, for me when I was uh, younger, Darkwing Duck. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is this weird mix of like cartoon duck, which is very Disney, and then like Batman. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, it was pure just pure absurdism. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, then then you can throw in their ducktails. So, with both of those, which were incredible, my understanding is there is now a renaissance of those where they've, they are making, they've remade those. I know they've definitely remade DuckTales, and it's supposedly... My, my brother was telling me it's hilarious. Oh, really? Um, I was not aware of that. Yeah, and then uh, there's... I think they've redone Darkwing Duck, too. So, uh, Well, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to, I'll have to point my, my kids in that yeah, direction. I, uh, I have gone back through uh, and started watching the next two cartoons uh, with my kids. And one of them has held up and is one of the most incredible pieces. I mean, it's a piece of art. 
and the other one has not held up barely at all. <laughs> uh, the one that hasn't held up at all but was amazing as a kid was X-Men the Animated Series. Mm. I doesn't was, hold up. It doesn't, man. Oh, yeah. And here's an interesting thing too. Throughout the series, the animation gets worse and worse because their budgets kept getting slashed. Oh, wow. And the final season, which barely anyone saw, because it, you know, they were just trying to. It, yeah. it looks like it's like two frames a second. It's terrible. There's no definition Gosh. in any of the artwork. It's it was it's a travesty. But I loved X Men the animated series, and it was also part of the Fox block. Where you would come home after school and there was cartoons on. Yeah. That was it, man. There was cartoons on all the time. Yeah. But you could come on. You come home after school, watch X Men, or see it like a, a new one uh, Saturday morning. Um, but I remember it was in middle school. Uh, come I would come home every day after school and watch X Men because it was the Phoenix Saga. You know, oh, they, yeah. they and it was just like they had these huge, you know, huge uh, uh, story arcs that would last the whole season. Yeah, they did a great job of storytelling, for oh, sure, because yeah. you knew all these different characters, and then, you know, we've talked about it in the past when we were talking about hobbies, about collecting the the Marvel cards, and yep, you yep. know who these people were because of And that's And that's absolutely, that show is the reason I got into comic books. Yeah. There's a, there's a huge connection there. And it's funny, watching it again, Professor Xavier is like, ah! like every scene, <laughs> he's like some psychic thing happens to him, he's like, yeah! And it's just, just overacted. Just nonstop it's, yelling. Oh, it's it's insane. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there with my kids feeling ashamed. Like, yeah. I thought this was good. And they're like, oh, this is awesome. You know, I'm like, okay, good. All right. The kid mind, the kid mind loves this. Um, so the X-Men has not held up as, as well as I'd hoped it was. Because it felt like a masterpiece when I was yeah. a kid. Um, but the next one, Batman the yeah. Animated Series. Figured you were going there. Oh, my goodness gracious. If it is not just an incredible, incredible piece of art, yeah, I uh, feel like I could watch that again right now for sure. And this was so. This is this is a, a teaser, a teaser for. And this, by the way, one of the fun things about having kids is yeah. going back and watching some of that, some yeah. of those things. Uh, I've been watching Batman the animated series with my kids. Um, when it first came on the air, my mom was like super iffy whether or not she was going to let me watch it. Yeah, because. This is coming out of the 80s into the early 90s. And in the 80s, there were all of these like moral panics. That, yeah. And we've talked about some of these before. Oh, yeah. But like Dungeons and Dragons are like, oh, it's the power of Satan. Yeah, or Ouija I was boards. Say, mainly Satanism was like. Exactly. Yeah. And, and these the, kids with repressed the music memories. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so there was, there was this rise of these coalitions of moms yeah. that were trying to stamp out all of this stuff. Um, and, and, so there's two things from my childhood. Yeah. There was a Batman the Animated Series. My mom was not, she was really iffy because she was really uncomfortable with how dark it was. Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, it's a pretty dark show right. for a kid. But she was like, she like her, her like main piece of evidence, her exhibit A, was that the show always took place at night. So they actually drew it on black paper. Hmm. And she was like, that's too dark. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Oh, she's oh, she's behind you, like opening all the windows on Saturday morning, <laughs> trying to let as much sun in as possible. Uh, and that's also the reason uh, she's like that Batman. He needs to listen to his parents, and you're just like, Mom, sit down. <laughs> I have terrible news. I've got bad news, Mom. <laughs> They're dead. Um, uh, she also would not um, buy us Castle Grayskull. This is going back in yeah. the '80s, He Man, because it was it, you know there was there was one Christmas where. She saw it at the store. It was super on sale. 
she just felt darkness when she looked at it. Dang. And I have seen Castle Grayskull pop up on like Facebook Marketplace, and I've like come this close to buying it several times and just texting my mom as I play with it with my kids, and just be like, "Guess what, yeah. mom? I got it anyway." <laughs> you know. But that's that seems. And I joined a new kind of church. <laughs> no, no. Um, but, but yeah, she would have really hated Batman Beyond then. And oh my goodness! So that was like Batman the, Beyond. The, that was the darker, darker take on. Batman. It was so much darker, yeah. uh, and so amazing. It was this dark future, like Blade Runner style yeah, Batman. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. So have you ever seen uh, Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker? N- no, the 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 film, the, the animated film. film. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I might have. Uh, I have it on DVD. Maybe I have. And uh, and I, I took some hunting, but there's like a there's like a edited version that people have mm-hmm. that like they they the studio came out with this film, and then the uh, the higher ups of the studio were like, this is like a terrifying film. We can't <laughs> sell this to kids. And so they uh, they went in and they cut out a bunch of scenes and then sold it. And then there was enough clamor and stuff that eventually they released the unedited version. And it is unedited. It's PG-13. That said, it is a dark PG-13. <laughs> and this is a kid's cartoon. And I, I have it and I love it. It's so incredible. It's so messed up. Um, I can just I can hear the the Schoenfreud from my mom coming through. Right. The the you know she's like I knew it I knew it and I'm like yeah no it was it was it was dark, but Batman Batman Beyond was right at the end of when I was watching cartoons as a kid and man it just hit me yeah. just in the right right place at the right time. Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely the end. I can I can remember that and I was thinking when you were talking about the, um. Uh, having that Batman film. Uh, it reminded me of G.I. Joe, which, again, we're, t- we're talking late 80s, yeah. but still uh, they had the G.I. Joe, the film, in 87. Yep. And so we probably, me and my brother probably got a hold of it, like, I don't know, a couple years later because we had it on VHS, but, like, taped off of TV kind yep. of thing, like, with everything, just a, a slew of empty VHS tapes that you're just like, what is this? Oh, Tremors again. Okay. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, then we'd watch G.I. Joe, and there was, we watched this whole thing, and we loved it, and it it's focuses on Duke, who's like the, I had to look it up to see if he was a, a somebody doing yeah. a voice, because he was just so uh, powerful in that role. But, you know, he's fighting uh, the uh, Cobra, whatever they were called. and uh, So you were v- a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> so our VHS, like, Duke basically dies or so you'd think and our vhs like kind of cut off or paused or did something wrong and i remember david and i my brother and i just turning it off like okay that's the film super sad didn't (laughs) didn't like it and it would be so many watches later before we realized oh stop turning it off at that point it's just like clicking for a minute and then it kicks in and tells the rest of the story and like and you know duke's okay and all this stuff and i was like wow we uh we lived alive for so long. That is hilarious. But yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, speaking of uh, famous voice actors, uh, in uh, cartoons, yeah, one in Batman the anim- or in Batman Beyond, the uh, role of Terry McGinnis was played by Will 
Friedel. Yeah, from who Boy played, Meets World. Yeah, who yeah. played Eric. Yeah. Uh, Eric Matthews. Yeah. Matthews, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, Corey, the main character's older brother, which was interesting. Here's one that blew me away, though. And this is, we haven't talked about this one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. The animated, so the animated series, which is crazy because I, I watched this uh, documentary about um, the toys that made us. And yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah. And it, um, and with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they actually went and created, the, there was a comic book of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then they created, they wanted to sell action figures. And so they're like, oh, if we're going to sell the action, we got to make a TV show. So then the TV show happened to sell the action figures from the comic book. And uh, anyways, it all spun up. Uh, it was uh, the voice of Shredder, Uncle Phil. From, oh, yeah. From uh, yeah. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Um, but yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was another one where... Yeah, I mean, you had... Uh... Mark Hamill is the Joker. In, Mar- so Mark Hamill in yeah. the jo- yeah the in Joker, Batman, yeah. and then in Batman Beyond he he comes back as the the return of the Joker. Yeah, yeah but Mark Hamill and he his voice um, as the Joker is the Joker to me. Yeah, like uh, agreed. There's a lot of times in movies. One of the things I do, like the mental tricks I do, and I, this is maybe embar- embarrassing to admit. <laughs> one of the mental tricks I do is when they make it a movie adaptation about something, I will say to myself, this isn't um, the version of it. It's a version of it. Yeah. And that just allows my brain to just let loose. I'm like, I don't have to nitpick this, which I know I will do on the back end. Right. But I'm like, I can just enjoy what's enjoyable about it. And then, you know, because that's the point of movies and TV is entertainment, right? Yeah. Um, with with rare exception. And, um, and so, for instance, when the movie Ender's Game came out, mm-hmm. I know a lot of my friends... I, I more more than any other book, more than the Bible, I've read uh, Ender's Game. Yeah, I've read that cover to cover maybe seven times. Wow, not in a long time, but I but mean it's good. It's but... good. But as a kid, it was it was yeah. the most incredible thing for me. Um, so when the movie came out, I ended up enjoying it, and all my other friends who really really liked Ender's Game hated the movie. Yeah, and um, and yeah, it's just that it's that whole you know you you can't. It's keep such that an epic as, story that is really hard to. It's get so into hard, two hours and and it. you know you mix that up with you know it's these genius kids that's never going to come through well right. in a right. in a movie. You can't find great acting at the child. I mean, Elijah Wood's grown up. You yeah, can't find it's done. Best, you can't find the best child actor anymore. You've been listening to the Elijah Wood, <laughs> so appreciation podcast. Circling back in the effort to to keep this. Little shorter for you guys. Um, we've talked about this before, but we were both Freakazoid fans. Oh right? gosh, that that was that kind of taste of absurd humor that yes. got me started as a kid. Absurd like, humor combined with pop culture references, yeah. like on steroids. Yeah, so much more than Animaniacs. It's, so much more than it was incredible. Right. It's like the every the every man who you know, or every boy in this case who like becomes a superhero and is trying to live this double life. And yeah. It's just like. Bonkers, which was another bonkers. Cartoon. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally forgot about that. Totally yep, just yep. Said bonkers, but yeah, love that one. Ooh, um, started watching Gargoyles with my kids again. See, I was. I didn't get into Gargoyles. I, gargoyles. I mean, it was on when uh, I, I had a kids. I had a stupid crush on Elisa Maza, who was the main girl character in Gargoyles. Nice. And I've never admitted that in public before. Well, here we are. This is the Elisa. If you're out there, <laughs> this is the the channel to say it on. <laughs> Um, do you remember when Back to the Future had a cartoon? Yes, and a, Bill and Ted had yeah, a cartoon yeah. as well. Oh man, there were so many of those like weird, like 
we've got to continue to make money here. What do yes. we do? Yeah. And then like McDonald's would immediately kick out the toys. Yeah. Having to do with it. Man, they what a machine they had back oh, then. Oh man, and it it was just printing money. And here's the crazy thing. So so we'll get into um, why Saturday morning cartoons aren't a thing anymore. But also like toys at McDonald's are different now mm-hmm. than when we were kids. Um, and it doesn't even come in an actual like happy meal anymore. I, know. I remember I was trying to get one for like a, a nephew or something and I drove I went to three different McDonald's because they they erroneously erroneously kept saying I'm gonna oh, leave no, that it's in. probably at the other one and so so I drove to three different places and I'm like Jeez. What the heck is a happy meal so yeah the kids are missing out yeah so that's gone uh, the toys are different. And the the number of like they're not selling nearly as many action figures as they used to, which that's that was my big oh, thing. Yeah. That was my big thing as a kid was action figures. My kids don't want to play with action figures, and mm. I want to know what's wrong, what they're putting in the water. Yeah. Like why are like yeah why don't why don't my kids want to play with my action figures is what I want to say. Yeah. They will, but just for like a day, and then they're done. I know my my nieces and nephews are really keen on you know Marvel. Avengers, yeah. you know, and then uh, my nephews really picked up into Power Rangers. And I was even asking my sister, I was like, oh, is Power Rangers a thing again? And she's like, no. But he's caught on to it through, you know, these different, you know, you can watch the shows of yesteryear on yes. Hulu and everything else. So so they just immediately attached to Power Rangers in the same way that, like, I did when I was a kid. And so it's like, that's awesome. I used to watch Power Rangers before school every day with my mom. And it was, dude, that was amazing. Uh, so, so, like, all of the different online uh, avenues for kids to watch cartoons now, you're right, this, this whole time shifting that's happened where you don't need to wake up Saturday morning and watch anything yeah. to, to watch the new hotness or whatever or to rediscover old shows. So before, uh, before Video On Demand, it was just video stores. The fact that the, the TV shows were coming out on VHS or on DVD, that was something that started to chip away at the Saturday morning cartoon block. Hmm. Also, it was the rise of uh, first-run uh, syndicated animated programs because what happened, the, the Saturday morning cartoon world really kicked off in the 1960s yeah. with like old Hanna-Barbera stuff and there was kind of the, the first uh, uh, animations of superheroes and things like that got super big. And that shifted, you know, somewhat into the 70s and in the 80s. The 80s was like the golden age of right. Saturday morning cartoons. The 90s was actually the beginning of the decline, hmm. though some of the best content was put out. But that decline happened is because the TV shows in the 60s and 70s, you know, in the 70s you get the advent of like Schoolhouse Rock and other things like that. It's because a bunch of concerned mother groups came out and were like, hey, we're rotting our kids' brains with this much content. Because the way they had grown up was without any of this stuff. Right. And so all of a sudden there is just this um, this infinite jest. There's just this endless amount of content yeah. in their opinion. That's what they think. Exactly. <laughs> and so they went on a crusade to make, uh, just like in the 80s with all these moral panics, to make society better. Yeah. And so one of the things they did is they really crusaded hard to get uh, a set of educational requirements that every, you know, that the network's have to have a certain number of hours of educational content and uh, and then yeah it's like Garfield has to stop smoking cigarettes <laughs> <all the time. laughs> putting them out on Odie's nose <laughs> 
So it's one of those things where I'm like, this is a good thing. We should have educational content. And then uh, the advocacy groups came out and they're like, you can't advertise toys and these other things or certain kinds of advertisements during the kids hour block. Yeah. And so then you had advertisers that are pulling out. So there goes some of the money. Yep. And again, not advertising to a, like a very impressionable age group is a good thing. However, right. the the counterbalance, you know, the weight swings back the now other you way. You can't afford the great writers and everything. exactly. So then the content starts to starts to slip a little bit. And I also think that from from watching it like an outsider's perspective, and and you know everybody loves their generation's cartoons and everything like that, but. You also noted the the shift in the late '90s, early 2000s of like the computerized yes. uh, animation that just looked like crap. It looked like crap, and it was so lazy, and it just like everything looked the same. And you know, then you've got weaker stories yep. and and everything like that. So I definitely could see why you know whatever the the Gen Z people don't yeah. know anything about cartoons at this point. I'd assume. Yeah, they're man, they're the worst, aren't they? Idiots, idiots. Watch, um, watch our shows on YouTube. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so you you had these these you know first run syndicated shows like GI Joe, Transformers, Voltron, Thundercats, He Man, uh, Ducktales, the first couple seasons of Tiny Toons, and the first three seasons of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. They came on because they weren't produced by the networks. They didn't have to follow the same amount of rules that the networks had so the networks loved them because they could put those on and they you know they weren't technically breaking their rules which is silly but then the networks were disincentivized from doing it because they had to follow all these rules that they had made for themselves to appease these advocacy groups so then there's that then the regulation of children's programming came around the rise of cable tv was one of the death knells right because all of a sudden you had all these these uh, channels that were devoted specifically for children's programming. Right. Nickelodeon, all these things yeah. that I wasn't allowed to have, and I would have to hang out with one of my friends at her grandma's house down the street and just watch Nickelodeon. <laughs> Grandma, my, thanks for the cookies. We'll yeah. be in the back room. It was M&M's, yeah. Yeah. It's always an endless bowl of M&M's, so thanks for the diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm super healthy. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's, like, on cable, there's at least 10 channels now uh, that are just dedicated for kids programming, yeah. which is wild. And then from there, you also have, now you have all of these shows from the 60s until now on demand. So, it, you know, the, the whole idea of a Saturday morning cartoon block, there's no time block that's dedicated to that anymore. Because now there's all these channels that literally the only thing they do is play cartoons. And with the amount of content available to kids, uh, they don't. It's not like they have to like be there Saturday morning, or they're going to miss it. There's right. no, there's no uh, scarcity built into the the way that they consume programming, right? Um, which has led them all to be weak, right? Such a shame. Man, the, you remember that that just the feeling of panic when you had to go pee, and then you hear <laughs> yeah. from the room, it's, it's back, back on. on. Oh, jeez, no. just terrible. Okay, couple more, couple more thoughts here. Um, uh, an increase in children's participation in activities Saturday morning, soccer, baseball, basketball, football, you know, kids, and this really, it started to happen in in the eighties, but then also our generation got hit and the generations after just so screwed up where it's just, they're over-programmed with sports and music and all of these extracurriculars, which are good, but kids don't have any like free time. 
you know, once they get to a certain age. And neither did parents at that point. Yeah. And then, so this is also an interesting, speaking of parents' free time, uh, the, the gradual legalization of no-fault divorces was played not a huge part, but a, but a statistically significant part of making kids not available Saturday mornings. Because if they spend a week with mom, Saturday morning is dad's only time in a, in a divorce home. Oh, gotcha. So they're being forced to go. Yeah, so all of a sudden dad's like, let's go play yeah. catch. And the yeah. kids are like, I want to watch cartoons. Yeah. I hate you. You ruined my life, you know. Um, uh, and so the, this, the, the changing routines of children, whether it's activities outside the home or the fact that mom or dad now actually wants to spend time with them yeah. because it's the only time mom and dad get with them. Um, and, and then also the growth of, uh, video games, you know, just the, yeah. just the endless infinite folly and jest of, of all of this content that kids have at their fingertips. Yeah. They found different ways to use their screens and, uh, video killed the video star is what I'm saying, homie. I, I hear you. So that's it. That is the rise and fall of Saturday morning cartoons. We got the tail end of it with the best writing, with the best voice yeah. acting, with the best story, story arcs, that was that's our legacy right there. Right. The kids today don't know what they're missing out on. And I still think like that the type of witticisms and everything that came through on those cartoons helped shape my sense of humor. Oh, totally. You know, just it was like anything else. You had to have seen it so that you could talk about it with your friends, and you had to, uh, you know, you could enjoy it with family. And it was always on the edge of whether or not you understood what was happening, you were laughing. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I love it. I, I definitely miss uh, those things, but I look forward to um, taking a look at some of these uh, on YouTube or Hulu or whatever yeah. because uh, I'm sure I, I did go back and watch some Animaniacs when that became available years ago yep. on Netflix or whatever, but um, I love it. And one day maybe we'll talk about all of that like NBC programming for tweens that would come on right after the cartoons because that was the other thing. It's like at this point the parents are like awake and wanting you to be somewhat productive, clean your room, what have you, and you're like, I wish I could. Saved by the Bell's but coming I, on. I got Saved by the Bell. I got City Guys. I got Hang Time. I got California Dreams. That's all. <laughs> it's all happening, Mom. I can't. I can't clean my room right now. It's not like I can watch this later, Mom. <laughs> exactly. This is it. This is my time. Um, one, one, final, one final thought that I didn't bring up earlier. Bobby's World oh, was man. a huge one. Howie and Mandel. It's when you, you um, just said you know the, the witticisms and the quotes and yeah. the things. So there's a quote from uh, Bobby's World with Uncle Ted. Yeah. They're, at the, they're at the community pool, and Bobby has his face in the water, and he's blowing bubbles. And then Uncle Ted doesn't have his face in the water, and some bubbles come up. And Bobby's like, Uncle Ted, how are you making bubbles without sticking your face in the water? And he goes, oh, let's just keep that our little secret, Bobbo. <laughs> to this day, I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. Anytime That's... I'm in a pool, I'm just like, hey, hey, Uncle Ted farted in the pool. <laughs> to this day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I uh, we talked about Calvin and Hobbes, which definitely I would I would draw like uh, like Calvin. But then... Bobby's world helped uh, create the the style of my like character drawings when I was a kid. Totally. Like, especially those shoes, I could I could picture. They do the they do the big old yeah. those boats. Yep. Yeah, that was great. Well, anyways, the rise and fall of Saturday morning cartoons. You guys are welcome. You heard it here first. And uh, cartoons are dead. Hit us hit us in the comments with your favorite cartoons. 
what you watched, what your jam was, and uh, thanks for listening. Cool. Uh, this has been Nobody Likes Us But You, a podcast that as of right now, nobody likes but you. Peter, play us off. C-I-T-Y, you can't see why these guys, the neat guys, smart and streetwise, city guys, roll with the city guys. Ah, he's inside my mind! Ah!